Welcome to the New Vision Podcast. In 2020, a New Vision undercover journalist traveled to United Arab Emirates to investigate the realities of girls traveling to work as maids in Dubai. This time, New Vision got another undercover journalist to go through a licensed company and find out if regulations apply. The project, which took more than a year, reveals hallowing experiences of girls in detention camps in the center of Kampala, unacceptable mistreatment, violation of human rights, corruption, Sex and drugs are going on under the nose of civil leaders and security organizations. We now bring you this series. Download the podcast episodes on Vision Digital Experience app on Play Store and App Store. Episode 5 It was Ashraf, one of our Arab bosses, who called some of us out one October morning to say our papers were ready. He said we were to take yellow fever jabs, a condition for travel. I had no problem with that, but some claimed their colleagues who went were just given new yellow fever vaccine booklets without being vaccinated. We were told that when that happened, the girls goofed at the airport. When they were asked whether they were vaccinated, they said no. Others were asked where the jab was given and they pointed at their bums. A yellow fever vaccine is given on the upper arm. But the exercise, run by two nurses, was very suspicious. They had syringes already filled with the vaccine under the table. After registering, they would pick a needle and inject you. No one saw the vial or bottle, and so we couldn't be sure it was indeed a yellow fever vaccine. It could even have just been water. Or, worse still, a family planning or infertility jab. Ashraf then took us through the contract and something he referred to as pre-departure briefing. He said we would not read the contracts by ourselves because they weren't written in English, which we didn't know very well and that there were few copies after all. He said the company would sign on our behalf. He said the salary was going to be uniform, 900 Saudi real, which is equivalent to about 900-850 Ugandan shillings for those without experience, where the majority of us lie. Those with experience, which we shall claim later, would earn 1,200 Saudi real, about 1.1 million shillings per month. None of the girls looked bothered about the conditions or even asking questions. They were all tired of the hostel and wanted to go, whatever comes and however worse it may be. Some said the contract is just a paperwork, which the bosses abused anyway, so it wasn't so important. They only wanted to hear the date of departure. Ashraf then said each of us would get a COVID-19 vaccination booklet, but no one would be vaccinated. When you get that booklet, just read and understand whatever is written there. Understand the type of vaccine written in the book, dates when you got the two doses, which hand was injected so that by the time you are asked these questions at the airport, you don't hesitate or fail the answer, he said. He warned the girls to be sharp. All you will do is carry all your paperwork, 
and that is the yellow fever and COVID-19 vaccination booklets. Don't talk to anyone unless it is me or another person you will be with from this company. Don't answer any question from strangers unless we are present. Otherwise, you will be pulled out of the line and blocked from going. Ashraf warned. Then, one girl asked what will happen if we have COVID-19 certificates, but they don't find us in their computer system, and she was assured everything was sorted. We would be in the system. Another asked about the unusual pre-departure training, and Ashraf said there would be none. All the training facilities were closed because of COVID-19 restrictions, so the ministry had cleared us to externalize without training. Two days later, the finalists would be called for the pre-departure medical, which involves HIV, pregnancy and syphilis. When they came to announce the final list, they selected only 49 girls. I wasn't among them. They left on October 10th. We were told that the girls were given cigarettes to carry for Riyadh, who was the owner of the recruitment company who stayed in Saudi capital of Riyadh. It was Riyadh's recruitment agency who contracted other companies like Zion and Vasin here in Uganda to supply him maids for work. According to the Employment Regulations 2021, each company was supposed to conduct a pre-departure training at a fee of 200,000 shillings to be accredited by the Ministry of Labor. Each company applying for accreditation shall attach a copy of Certificate of Incorporation of the Company, a copy of the Memorandum and Articles of Association of the Company, a copy of the Certificate of Allotment of Shares of the Company, income returns of the directors and for the shareholders of the company, documents indicating the nationality of the directors and shareholders, evidence of the premises where the pre-departure orientation is to be conducted, when the application is approved by the ministry, a recruitment agency shall deploy the migrant worker within 30 days to the country of destination, whereas the pre-departure training officially lasts 14 days, an estimate of two weeks. The training involves learning how to cook, how to clean, how to use washing machines, how to take care of elders, children, and how to deal with bosses. But we were told it can be skipped because nobody from the ministry makes a fall-up. Two years ago, New Vision carried a similar undercover project where a journalist was trafficked to Dubai as a housemaid and ended up being sold in a slave market. Saudi has no physical slave markets but the same trading of human beings to work is virtual. The procedure and identity are actually the same slave market. Ugandans including entities that are fighting human trafficking in the country always advise every people seeking jobs abroad to go through licensed labor recruitment companies which are said to be legit. Although Uganda has a signed bilateral labor agreement with Saudi Arabia, the girls continue being sold online in a virtual market to get clients. That is slave trade, the modern edition. The main recruitment agencies in Saudi Arabia contract Ugandan labor companies to get them workers. When the Saudi companies get job offers, they inform their partners in Uganda 
who look for workers through agents. Each agent is paid for per head recruited. Money is sent by the main company to fund all the recruitment process right from getting the passports, medical, visas and tickets. When a worker is recruited, they take pictures of the girls dressed like a Muslim. They record her talking about herself, explaining her experience and detailing what she can and cannot do. The video is sent to the Saudi Arabia recruitment company which sends it to the prospective employers. Those who are rejected by the employers are posted online where other families looking for maids can land on them. Sometimes the buying family still has a maid whose contract is expiring soon. That family may start looking for a replacement. Actually, the whole process of clearance for a girl to travel is funded by the recruitment company in Saudi which then recoups it from the final employer. That is why when a girl gets there and fails to work, the family has to be given another person or gets a refund. The girls were alleging that an employer paying 9000 reals, about 9 million shillings per maid. One day I was called as early as 8 a.m. by Christian to office to meet someone from Saudi Arabia. I felt happy thinking I was going to be told when to travel. I called Richard, the agent who sent me here, to ask why I was wanted. He told me I was due for a pre-departure medical and I would travel in a few days. I reached office at exactly 9 a.m. I was soon joined by other girls who came one by one in the end we were about 20 girls we were made to wait until 2 pm we were ignored by the administrators who continued doing their work as if we weren't around at around 2 pm gloria came out to read names one by one it was an interview the very same questions were being asked since we were recruited only this time it was an arab we had never seen who was interviewing us he looked at me with a smile how are you can you introduce yourself he asked i did he asked whether i can take care of elders also where to report in case i get a problem with my boss he had a list and would tick the name of whoever would be done with the interview as soon as the interview was over I asked why we were doing the same interview for the past 4 months with the same questions. The man got very surprised. It seems I wasn't supposed to ask any question. Ahmed, who was listening in from his desk, he yelled at me, demanding why I was asking too much. What was wrong with me? Can I not wait for my time? Why was I troublesome? Why was I embarrassing him before his boss? He wanted to slap me but Majid one of his colleagues intervened and asked him to come down In the meantime I was wondering what crime I had done Majid ordered me to remove the face mask and I refused Ahmed then pushed me out of his office and threatened to terminate my travel process I felt so bad so embarrassed and humiliated just because i asked a simple question how could ahmed threaten to slap me in my country how can a foreigner come to my home and harass me for asking a question <laughs>
How downtrodden are we going to allow ourselves to be in this Uganda of ours? We had waited since morning, missed lunch when there was nothing important we had to be called for. Isn't a person at liberty to express a discomfort? Later, Richard called me and said my name was put on hold since I had exchanged with the boss because they fear I could fight with my employer. He also accused me of not being patient and not acknowledging my problems. I think he meant poverty. How could I ask questions to a wrong person? See, let me explain my sister. Each company has its own secrets and for Zion, there are things which their bosses in Saudi don't need to know. You asked a wrong person. This was a visitor from the company that gives them contracts in Saudi. You should have waited and asked either Ahmed or any other staff. They were right to get annoyed with you. He argued. Then he patronized me on how he was going to plead for me and ensure that I be reinstated, but on one condition. Promise me that you will not cause chaos again and that you will understand your problems and be nice to people who are trying to help you. Richard demanded. <laughs> 